Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 148 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His host. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Praise them, praise them, the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is is exalted. His glory is above heaven and earth. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. Wisdom, chapter 4, verses 7 through 15. But the righteous, though they die early, will be at rest. For old age is not honored for length of time, or measured by number of years. But understanding is gray hair for anyone, and a blameless life is ripe old age. There were some who pleased God and were loved by Him, and while living among sinners they were taken up. They were caught up so that evil might not change their understanding, or guile deceive their souls. For the fascination of wickedness obscures what is good, and roving desire perverts the innocent mind. Being perfected in a short time, they fulfilled long years, for their souls were pleasing to the Lord. Therefore he took them quickly from the midst of wickedness. Yet the people saw and did not understand, or take such a thing to heart, that God's grace and mercy are with his elect, and that he watches over his holy ones. Acts chapter 7 verse 59 through chapter 8 verse 8. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he died, and Saul approved of their killing him. That day a severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen and made a loud lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church by entering house after house, dragging off both men and women. He committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went from place to place, proclaiming the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds with one accord listened eagerly to what was said by Philip, 
Hearing and seeing the signs that he did for unclean spirits crying out loud shrieks came over came out of many who were possessed, and many others who were paralyzed or lame were cured. So there was great joy in that city. Good morning and welcome to the first day of Christmas. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning, uh, or I guess the last several days, if you've been following, you know that uh, we've been covering the 40 days of Martintide, uh, also known as the 40 uh, Martin's Lent, and I've been emphasizing uh, the life and uh, legacy of Martin of Tours through the, the weekday readings, um, as well as uh, different uh, Martinalia, which is kind of artifacts and images that pertain to Martin of Tours, which, uh, or who, is not as well known in English-speaking America. In Europe and in the UK, he enjoys a little bit more prominence, but here in the United States, not so much. And so now we turn our attention from Martin to the Christ child. And you'll notice that our um, the episode image um, cover image is inverted from uh, uh, the typical green and, and uh, you know, the black and white image, and that is because there are two seasons in the liturgical year that we celebrate that Christ is here, and that first one is Christmas tide, or Christmas, season of Christmas, and the other is Easter, when he is risen from the dead, and the rest of the, the year... Jesus is at the right hand of God. He's not gone, but he's not uh, here in the flesh walking among us. And so Christmas and Easter are those times when the world is as it should be, and yet the the image I've chosen that's inverted um, in color, we have to remember that what we see is not quite what God intends, and that when God is here and present and active in an unmistakable way, may feel foreign and uncomfortable. Um, and Christmas, um, for the first day of Christmas, we read of the stoning of Stephen. And Stephen is the very first Christian who's killed for his faith. The, uh, the Latin term is in odium fide, in hatred of the faith. Um, and Paul, who is going to become a, a rock star Christian later, um, he's actually the one performing it. And there's a couple of really important lessons here. The first, uh, in the, well, the second, but the simplest, is that Paul shows us that nobody is beyond redemption. Paul is, you know, one of the apostles among the greatest of the saints, um, and yet our introduction to him is that he's having others of us killed. And you'll remember that with the story of Martin of Tours, that he intervened in the attempted and eventual execution of the, the heretic Priscillian. Um, and Martin excommunicated these Spanish bishops who were trying to get it done and who eventually succeeded in having one of their peers assassinated. Um, and that execution is severe, it's open, it's public, um, but it, it is not permanent. If the Spanish bishops had, you know, given up their attempts to have a Christian killed, I have confidence that Martin would have um, relented and allowed them back in and uh, served them communion. 
Um, and here we see that same example in Paul where um, he's very much acting as a non-member of the body of Christ and he doesn't claim to be. Um, and yet he has this, he'll later have this profound experience that shows him how messed up that was um, and that he isn't beyond redemption even though he's responsible for killing the very first Christian in hatred of the faith. The second lesson that's really important, I think, is very likely the theme of the reading. Um, I don't know what was intended by the creators of the Revised Common Lectionary, but um, this turn from the arrival of the Christ child to the stoning of Stephen um, also kind of follows on the last reading from Martin Tide, where we talked about um, uh, the uh, we talked about death and the Abbey of Iona, where this the road of kings um, was, you know, basically a cemetery, and that's where they um, are gloried and glorified in death. Um, and this paradox of death being glorifying, or can be, and we certainly see that in the the story of Stephen, who, um, as soon as he is elected as a deacon to serve the needs of the poor in the community and outside the community, um, he's killed before he can really carry out any duties. And this martyrdom um, becomes very important in Christianity for several centuries. It was, ha- you know, if you were killed in, for the faith, the rest of the church knew that you were sitting at the right hand of Christ. And if you believe in purgatory, you don't think that the martyrs had very much at all um, to do in purgatory, that they probably went straight to straight to heaven. Um, and that's kind of explained by the reading from the Book of Wisdom, where at first glance you think of these good um, people who are cut down in their prime, and Wisdom explains it. It says, look, God knows that they were being put to the test, and God wanted to spare them from the uh, the tendency to perversion that goes on when you live in it within corruption. Um, and it's quite clear that God took them quickly from the midst of wickedness, not because they were wicked themselves, but because their souls were pleasing to the Lord. And he didn't want them to, um, to lose that, that pleasant nature of their, of their souls. And so what we think of death and how we think of death and how we think of, of punishment or crime, you know, the, you know, execution, um, we think that that is, punishment, which is deserved for those who do particularly heinous crimes. Um, but And God certainly does that in Scripture. But in this reading and in the, the, the era of Christ and um, Christianity, we are challenged to rethink what we think about death um, in order so that we might rethink what we think about life. Um, that this this fleeting life is the one chance we get um, before we don't know what it is that's on the other side of life. But it's just one chance we get to form our souls, to form ourselves, and to be um, a part of communities that glorify um, the goodness of creation and of nature and of one another, um, and to not necessarily see death as the worst thing that can happen. Um, I've, I've thought to myself and told, talked to a couple of friends about how I think the worst thing that can happen to you isn't that you die or that you get hurt, but that you die an asshole. 
Like you don't get an opportunity to um, be a good person, but also to experience the goodness and the fullness of life. The worst thing that could happen is to lose the chance that um, you're given in this life to live life fully. Um, and when we read of Stephen and we think of people who are cut down in their prime, we sometimes think that that's a really bad thing, and certainly that loss is felt. But it may also be um, that it's it's God working and that death is not the last and worst thing. Um, you know, that survival, length of life, is not itself a virtue, um, but that our life is to cultivate those virtues um, so that we can... Um, live a full and happy and joyful and glorifying life with one another um, in recognition of the good life and the good um, creation that God has made. A prayer for joy in God's creation from the Book of Common Prayer. O Heavenly Father, who has filled the world with beauty. Open our eyes to behold your gracious hand in all your works, that rejoicing in your whole creation, we may learn to serve you with gladness for the sake of him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.